Get ready for the Very Visible Business Podcast with David Averin. Each week featuring a candid and raucous conversation with some of the most innovative, outspoken, and entrepreneurial business minds in the world today. This is the Very Visible Business Podcast, and here's David Averin. And welcome to the Very Visible Business Podcast. My name is David Averin, and every week or every couple of weeks, whenever we post these things, we talk to interesting people, help you build your business, raise your visibility, and of course, envision and craft and deliver that superior customer experience. Now, as we've talked before, I have the great opportunity of sort of selecting who I want to talk to because I love the old line that says, if you want people to be interested, you have to be interesting. And our guest today qualifies on, on every level of all of that. He's an old friend, an old colleague from way back when. I don't even know how we first got connected, but I enjoy every conversation. I think I was on, on his podcast a couple of years ago as well. But watching what he does and how outrageous he does, let me give you a quick background. Here's his introduction. Kevin Neff is an award-winning video producer, brand creator, and host of Kevin Neff's Speaking of Success television show. Most people know him because he is the president and CEO of Kevin Makes Sense Media. Everywhere I look, it says Kevin Makes Sense. And I don't know if that came from something where somebody said, you know what? Dag Nabbit, Kevin, that makes sense. He's an award-winning branding film um, branding firm best known for providing outside-of-the-box creativity for those select entrepreneurs and professionals seeking to stand out from their competition. And I think everybody would, would say that they seek to do that, but Kevin's able to sort of sift through the muck and find those who are really serious. And those who are serious get to take advantage of his level of creativity, out-of-the-box outrageousness, but, but a method to the madness. His firm has been the recipient of numerous accolades, um, including ABA Digital, Atelier, Marcom, Global Trends. Um, Kevin himself has been a past recipient of the HRCC Leadership Award, as well as being a former Distinguished Sales and Marketing Award winner. He was awarded with the prestigious XB by the National Association of Experts, Writers, and Speakers, as well as being named one of America's premier experts. I just know him as a great guy and a bold, brash, badass, tattoo, festooned, skull cufflink wearing, great branding guy. Kevin, hey, thanks for being on the show, bud. Oh, that's me you're talking about. I yeah, thought you had you. somebody else on today. I don't so. know. A glowing recommendation. Yeah, that, um, well, uh, it's it's not often I'm speechless, but I, I'm at a loss for words. But hey, I'm glad to be here and uh, both in our busy schedules. And I'm actually looking really, really forward to the conversation that we end up having today because for those who are listening, um, Dave and I never plan these conversations. We just let them happen organically, which we'll probably get into when we talk about branding and marketing. But uh, first of all, I want to ask you, how are you feeling? Because I know you had some Pretty significant surgery. Dude, not you don't get to interview me. This is my podcast. <laughs> what is this? I'm a control freak, Dave. I was going to say, yeah, I had sinus, I had surgery on my sinuses, and and actually, I can breathe great. I'm probably sniffing more than normal. It's sort of a short-term discomfort to uh, to give me long-term satisfaction. It's one of the the realities of getting older as things start falling apart. So they remove structures and bones and polyps. I couldn't believe when I saw you um, at that. Uh, a picture from an airport, you get on like nine days later. I was like, man, that guy's got balls. Well, here, here's the thing that's interesting. You know, everything's on the inside. And so like the outside, the moneymaker, you know, nothing changed. So you, so can't mess, you can't mess with that face, Dave. Right. My kids are like, dad, you look fine. It's like, you guys have no idea. No, uh -uh. Hey, listen, let's talk about, you know, you're right that you and I just sort of this, I think this is the first scheduled conversation that we've probably had in yeah. 10 years. 
but tell everybody more about your background and what you do because you have you you have you've done a lot of video production and some really out of the box kind of thinking but it's all from the mindset uh, of a marketer right talk a little bit about your background so they, they understand who you are so because they're probably looking you up as they're listening to this right now um, all you have to do is look up Kevin makes sense and you'll you'll find him everywhere um, well, I appreciate that. And all kidding aside, um, I really did uh, appreciate the, the kind words uh, and the introduction. So thank you for that. But um, you kind of did a segue for me uh, when you mentioned the company name and kind of chuckled that probably came up, um, you know, by people saying, Kevin, makes sense. That actually, believe it or not, is not far from the truth. Um, I was, to give you the kind of the long story made short, uh, I was very successful for many years, David, in the corporate advertising world, and I was very successful uh, primarily in uh, Yellow Page advertising and for those that like to snicker that are listening. And I don't know why uh, Yellow Pages, even to this day, is like the redhead stepchild as far as joke making. But, you know, people forget yeah, it wasn't. It was, was the only game in town back it then. It was the only game in town. And there wasn't it is any, the dinosaurs and today. You didn't go to Google. You let your fingers do the walking. And, you know, the yep. funny thing is it really wasn't that long ago. No, and, crazy. um, I probably, oh, I started around 1990 uh, working for um, uh, Bell Atlantic. Uh, they got really smart rather than um, uh, hiring everything out to independent publishers. They're like, hey, we'll do this ourselves. And it was, it's just a cash cow because, as you said, only game in town. And But I learned a lot, and I learned a lot about advertising and worked with everybody from uh, mom-and-pop brick-and-mortars to large organizations and had great success. But what I really learned was – um, how to stand out. And in and, and, and that day, um, you didn't have video and you didn't have um, uh, online stuff or digital that was as prevalent, of course. And so you really had to learn how to, if somebody opens up a book, and I used to always joke, if they call you from the phone book, Dave, it's a two book call. Well, what do you mean, Kev? Phone book in one hand, checkbook in the other. Yeah. And it really was because you had all type of uh, creative advertising made to create an awareness, newspaper, TV, direct mail, television, but the Yellow Pages was the only form that was directional. And what I mean by that is, David, it directed buyers to sellers. It had no other purpose. Now, of course, now we know it's a booster seat for your kid. It's a doorstop. It's a monitor stand. Many people are creative with them if they're not recycling them. But back then, when people came to the book, it was people looking for buying information. And so if you open up a page and there was, let's say, four ads, eight ads on a page, you had to distinguish yourself to stand out because people would only, you know, just like they do now, they're not going to search so long. But I had very, very, um, very, very high level of success and pr pretty much was a made man in the industry. But about nine years ago, I think it was, um, things had changed. I had, had left and come back and was doing a lot of IT stuff um, uh, and things that were interesting. But as fate would have it, I got back in the Yellow Page industry with um, the time it was Yellow Book, which I didn't even know this. Uh, Yellow Book had the largest sales force in America. I didn't even, wasn't even aware of it. And once again, was one of the top people. But about nine years ago, I just moved on. And that's kind of where, as you um, were so eloquent in your description of me being brash or some might, people might say blunt, but it's, an, it's a term of endearment because it's not a matter of being cocky. It's a matter of being confident, but it's also a matter of telling people, David, not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. And, right. and unfortunately, not enough. And by the way, <laughs> you're probably one of the best at doing that. Um, but um, I just felt like, and it, it's on my website, um, that I'm not going to say that I had a better way of doing business, but I just wanted to see 
if you know, I had a different way and if it could be successful. And um, we are a boutique firm. And, and going out, I realized right away that, you know, especially with the advent of, of digital and online advertising, and of course, now everything's gone down to your, your smartphone isn't a phone, it's a, it's a handheld computer that, that lets you communicate two ways, but it has more power than the Apollo mission that put the man on the moon the first time, which is, just think about that for a yeah. second. Yeah, but, but, but let me take you back for a second, because I want to talk about sort of the methodology and, yeah, sure. and sort of the, the secret to, to that success, because I think you and I share that mindset, because when we think back to, and, and, I'm, and I'm 55, so I mean, I was sort of in that heyday of, you know, and, you know, how do you get a hold of somebody? And mom would say, go look it up in the phone book, right? Oh, absolutely. But there were, but there were two huge downsides to the phone book. One was, it, it was the biggest book on the planet. So just finding something, I mean, it's so easy to get lost in the, in the maze of, of other retailers. But the other one was there was very limited use of color. I mean, we knew as, as business people in sort of the early days of my career, you added spot color, a red or something else. It was a massive cost because it was something that would draw your eye. But of course, right. what we do online, we can be incredibly creative. We can use video and everything else. But you had to be creative yeah. if you were designing ads in the yellow pages. To get lost is so easy. When people talk about the basics of quality and commitment and caring and trust in people, it's like gag everybody i remember my my brother was a um, my brother's an attorney and in the early days way back when um i was we were trying to find him there and saying okay how many competitors and there were over 40 pages four zero 40 pages of attorneys in the denver area and if you look through it it's mind-numbing i mean unless you had a specific referral you just close your eyes and point but the one that really made me sort of do that face palm was if you searched in the yellow pages under graphic designers, you saw dozens of pages and 99% of the ads were crap. They suck. And, and I'm thinking, if you're the graphic designer yeah. and your ad looks like crap, why would I hire you? So your success um, in helping them, not only just in the sales, but helping them communicate effectively had to sort of drive that notion in your mind that you have to be different. You have to be better. You have to be bold. You have to give re people a reason to turn their head. Yeah, you, you really, it's, it's almost, you're almost intuitive. And no, we didn't slit notes each other uh, here online. No, but, but we're in the same mindset. That's, that's but Yeah, yeah, but you're important. dead on because you hit the nail on the head. Um, first, the point about color. Um, when you use color, it's the one thing the human eyes attract to. And or three things. So I understood that if the human eye attracted to light color and motion, well, I can't light a book up and I can't move it, but I can use color. And I used it very effectively. The problem was, and you're right, it was, well, expensive is relative because if it's giving you the return, as you know, but it would be a big leap. And I would tell people, you know, let's do this and we can uh, emphasize something. So when people pay for color, you pay for whether you use one letter in color or the whole ad in color. So what by default do they want to do? Well, if I'm paying for it, I want to use color. And I'm like, you're missing the point. If you just do everything in color, then it works against you. You use color to accentuate a point or your location or whatever it is. Right. It's like when somebody sends an email and they put everything in capital letters. That's right? the same nothing thing. Nothing stands out, right? If everything nothing is bold, then nothing out. is in bold. Nothing right? stands and out. So you and can see a lot of those little square ads in the old pages that were all red. Yeah. It was bad. But um, yeah. the second part was uh, about ads and a lot of them suck. And you're right, because what happens is, as, as salespeople, um, of course, and I was part of that world, yep. you know, you were always, you know, those TPS reports, you know, numbers, 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 numbers. And so most reps really, and it's kind of sad, 
you know, they'd go out and grind, they'd sell, sell, sell. And then once they hand it off to production or whatever, they didn't give a shit. I mean, I hate to say that because right. partially it was because of, you know, how the system ran itself. But I took it another step. I was, I really took ownership and I'll never forget this. I had a manager uh, at that time who pulled me aside and he, and he told me something I never forgot. He said, Kevin, you care too much. Now, I really took that as offensive, like, if that's the worst thing I do is care too right. much, because what I was doing, and I don't think people really knew this, I'm sharing it with everybody now, though, but I thought some of the ads suck so much, and I was, I was so, I took ownership, and you have to understand, uh, let's say I come to you and sell you on a vision or a plan, and then we have to implement it, but when you get third parties involved, graphic designers, people like that, sure. they're, they're not privy to those conversations and something gets lost in, in the mix, if you will. Well, I understood that. So what I did, I actually hired my own freelance designer. It's pretty crazy now to think about it. So I was kind of company within a company. I was doing uh, the ad designs or with um, my friend Tracy had hired and the ads were very effective, but the flip side was, and this is true even to today and enough, not, not enough people do it, David, is that You've got to track response. I knew that what I did, because I was good at what I did, it would be effective. The problem is the business owners, the people that are running the business day to day, they just did not track. And it, it, you had technology and then with RCF numbers and the calls being recorded, which now are sure. plentiful. Uh, right. Anybody not using them, I think you're crazy, especially if you're doing things like direct mail. They'll give you those numbers for free. A lot of people aren't even aware of that. But I was, I was really heavy handed on that stuff and it served me well because I had people saying, ah, the ad's not working. I'm saying, well, I've, I've got a report right here that says you got 375 calls last month, 250 right. of which were initial calls, meaning they, um, they were unique. They weren't being counted twice. So it's one thing to do a program, but you also have to track it and, and I want to get off base. So, but, but, but let's talk about, <clears throat> let's take it to today because things are dramatically different and oh. everything is about metrics, metrics, metrics. Yeah. But here's, let's, let's talk about dichotomy. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. The dichotomy is back then you would do an ad and you were stuck with it for a year. 12 months. Right, 12 months. So now we can go on the fly. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, has been working in, in Hollywood for the last four years. She was producing for DreamWorks. She's working for Fine Brothers right now, killing it. But she's producing YouTube content and, and shows and celebrity interviews. But everything they do, they have to track. They have to look at the metrics. Yeah. What's the engagement? What's the time? What's the likes? And all of that is tied towards dollars. So they're going real time, almost hourly, and that's driving the content. So they can, they can switch on the fly. So in your work and working with, with bigger clients, how, what are you seeing in terms of, of, of your, your counsel to them about, about metrics, about tracking, about, about targeting, micro-targeting and everything else? How has that changed and how do you implement that in your business? Um, that's actually a very good question. I don't think it's a question that's asked enough. Um, we've kind of... Um, morphed into something where I enjoy doing the branding, creating the brands, the content, whether it's, we do a lot of video. I love, I call them buzz clips, um, shorter clips on social media to like, we just released a world premiere for um, uh, ex uh, EOD officer and uh, Navy bronze star recipient, Bob Pizzini and combined some stuff. And he's a perfect uh, analogy of that. You have to set the right expectations. And a lot of people are getting caught up on, oh, how many likes they have or how many followers they have. And right. 
I'll be honest, we don't really get real caught up in that. Um, and the reason is that I always tell people I'd rather have 10 raving fans than a thousand followers that just don't engage or do anything. And I think that people are kind of getting things mixed up. They're all into acquiring, like who's, think of it this way. We all played marbles in the schoolyard and stuff and everybody wanted all the marbles. Well, I think that's the way people look at followers and fans. And the reality of it is that's, that's a part of it. But the more important thing is, what is the quality of those people? What is the engagement? At the end of the day, you want them to do something. There's a call to action, is right. it? Otherwise, it's, it's vanity. Otherwise, it's vanity. Absolutely, it is. And, and I'm actually um, uh, got a new, I'm getting back into speaking and presenting. Uh, um, I, I miss it. And I'm <laughs> actually, I'll announce it here. I've got a new series called Lunch and Lie. And I think every marketer, every marketer should lie, if not, if not daily, at least weekly. And when I say that, they're like, have you lost your mind? Well, lie stands for learn, implement, and execute. And when it comes to tracking, it really depends on who the client is, what they're trying to accomplish, and who they're trying to accomplish that with. And right. that will determine what's, what metrics are most important. With technology, there's literally nothing now you can't can't track now you talked about your daughter i guarantee you they're looking at algorithms and all you kinds betcha. Of stuff yeah. but but it's also got to be but Kevin, it's got to be the right people for the right like there we used to call it roi i mean it's still that but it's yep. more it, it's understanding i like what you said that they have to do something i'll give you an example i recently launched um a new program called the the customer experience advantage and it's it's a video series but i was going out to my list and i've got you know, 10,000 plus or whatever, people who signed up for my list, they've seen me speak. And as we were getting ready to launch this new, new program, I was talking to my assistant. She says, you know, we're going to get some unsubscribes because whenever you try and sell them something, I'm like, but you understand, I do this for a living. I, I support my family. I got a kid in college. I got a former wife. And, and I got just to interrupt. What are, what's wrong with unsubscribe? Right. That's, and that's exactly, <laughs> it's that was my right. conversation. Right. Yeah. I was like, so if somebody unsubscribes because they don't want to be sold something, then is it just vanity that I want tens of thousands of followers? If they're not going to do something that's beneficial, of course, it's reciprocal. I have to provide value for them. But if they're just, I don't need fans. I don't need people. You know, that's, that's pure yeah, ego. I, I agree point. with you there. And I mean, so quality is important. If the thing is, it is, it's, it's not, it's quality over quantity. I'm glad you're saying that. I mean, we're a boutique firm. We do not work with everyone. I used to try to be all things to all people and um, try to soften myself up and even the image of the company and all that. And I just realized one, I was freaking miserable. And two, I got tired of doing work. I didn't want to do for people. I didn't want to do it for. And right. we realized then to your point that, you know, it's not how many clients you have, how many uh, customers you have, it's the quality of them. You know, do they come back? You mentioned your email list, you know, you come back and do something. Yes. And the thing result. is this, and, and number one, a lot of people and oh my God, it's, it's the new thing now is, and I'm not going to name drop some of my friends, but the new thing now is like say to grow an email list, Hey, get my new, um, Visibility marketing book. I'll give it to you absolutely free. Just send me six ninety seven to cover the shipping, and you'll get blah 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 or whatever. Right. And they'll opt in and do that stuff. Well, nine times out of ten, the people don't really want to have a continued uh, a relationship with you, Dave. They just want the damn B book or whatever it is that right. you got. And people don't understand that. That okay, you can get the right bait on the hook and snag them. But then what next? Do you want a long term relationship? Are you providing good quality content? 
And I think that's where people kind of, like you said, it's just about, you know, catch and release and get the acquisition, but there's no long-term plan. And it's always centered around selling. Uh, the great example of that right now is LinkedIn, for gosh sake. Sure. Well, it, right. If you, well, yeah, LinkedIn's the worst for, uh, oh my God. Resource for posting, but horrible for communication. I, I'm, yeah. I'm hit up, I'm hit up 12, 15 times a day. And my response is of people who want to connect. And I always respond the same thing. I was saying, happy to connect. Please don't sell me anything or please don't try and sell yeah. me your business. Um, and sometimes they get offended, but here, but, but I want to go back to it because when, when we're talking about sort of being um, exceptional and mm -hmm. you, you, and you and I have our, our kindred spirits in this. I'm not for everybody. I learned a long time ago, even in my speaking, when I try and, when I try and really make people like me, then it's, it's fine. And it's not that I, that I'm not likable. I think it's very humorous, very, very entertaining, but I tell them what they need to hear and they hire me for hard content. And when you, when, when firms who try to be all things to all people, then they're no longer, that's when you, you sort of put your business through the deflavorizer. Well, good. There's no objections. Yeah, but it's not exciting anymore. It's not your interesting. Message becomes diluted. Right. There's, I have one of my favorite lines, and this is my quote is when I talk about consensus and the dangers of consensus, when everybody agrees, right? Consensus kills creativity. If you try to be acceptable to everyone, you're not going to be exceptional to anyone. And that's where you, that is so tweetable. Somebody, you actually need to say that again. That was so good. I want to write it down. <laughs> here's the deal. Well, I created a meme on this one too, is that consensus kills creativity. That if you try to be acceptable to everyone, you won't be exceptional to anyone. Hashtag David Averin. That's, that's so tweet that out somebody. I got to give you a fist bump on that, bro. There you go. Over, over the radio here. But I believe, but I believe it really strongly. And it's one of the things that I think I, I was attracted to the work that you did and the brand that you did in some of our earlier conversations, because you're just bold and you're unapologetic. And we've got other colleagues and friends and Jeffrey Hazlett and some others as well. Oh, yeah, I know you work sure. with him, but it's the same thing. It's like, you know what? I, I'm not, we're not trying to piss anybody off, but you know what? There, there's so much when you see most ads today and everybody listening, you see this, you see stuff on TV and you're like, Somebody, some four levels of that company approved that milk toast boring yeah. ad. If I see one more company using an owl in their advertising oh, that yeah. says who? who, who, I literally throw up in my mouth every time. It's America's best, whatever. Who? I'll, well, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you a funny anecdote. It's never been creative. A story to that. And yeah. once again, I agree with you. Um, uh, I have a large client uh, here in the Coast Virginia area. Um, got actually, uh, actually, I forgot. He uh, was a recent guest on Cabinet Speaking of Success, which you alluded to in the opening, and he'll be on that. He's a great story. He literally grew up in rural um, Eastern Shore and just kind of an all shucks guy, but he has, with he and a pressure washer, I don't mean somebody doing, I mean him, and he's grown his company at a multi-million dollar company. I believe he might even have just, he told me the other night, just signed his first million dollar um, contract. And um, I've always been kind of edgy and stuff, as you know, and, and really was pushing stuff. And he was kind of more conservative. And I, I wanted to do this run campaign. And um, he just really pushed back on it. And, and his, his wife even, uh, I think even said, well, you know, we don't want to offend anybody because if, if we offend one person, it's one too many. Well, this is kind of where the rubber hit the road with us. And I was like, this is either going to be my best client ever or he's going to kick me to the curb immediately and i won't use the exact language because it's probably not appropriate on your show but i pretty much made clear that if we're not freaking 
uh, offending or pissing anybody off, then we're not doing our job. Because it gets back to your point, that's best vanilla can be. And a lot of people say, well, what's the secret to your success? And I'll just share it with everybody. I think they should use it. I just talk about the elephant in the room. There you go. They're all thinking it anyways. And I, we are shooting something tomorrow for a dentist. And I'll have to keep in touch with you because this will be unlike any dental ad you've ever seen. And um, the guy is a, 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 a New Yorker. Uh, last name Finnerty, so you can tell that he likes the spirits, and he yep. does. Uh, Hard-charging guy, uh, incredibly talented, and a huge all-things New York fan, but a really big Giants fan. And I don't want to uh, spill the beans too much, but his new patient is going to be the most over-the-top New England Patriots fan. And the guy's a big champion bodybuilder. Yeah. And we're really excited. But we're going to have fun with it, and we're, we're going to have things that, you know, like, hi. I'm Dr. Kevin Neff and here at Kevin Neff dentistry, we screw that shit. Right. That's like, that's like white noise to me. We're going to do things very visual and, and <laughs> we're going to be poking some people in the eye stuff. You would never think a professional would say, but the reason, and, and I had to sell him on this and now it's funny. He's blowing my phone up because he's like beyond giddy because I said, doctor, just be yourself. I mean, I, you know, I know what you were like after work and this and that because, and I'm, I'll give you a perfect example. And this just, I just realized this and this involved him. When we did his new website about three years ago, um, I grew up in a military family. Both my parents served and um, very, um, very important to me personally to support the military community right. their families. Right. My father was Army as well. Yeah. Well, thank him uh, for and, his service. And to me. you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, of course, here in coastal Virginia, I'm ground zero. You know, we got the largest uh, military naval base in the world. And of course, Oceania, the master jet base. So what's the connection here? Well, the correct, the connection is this. Um, I found out that he actually served and I wanted to put it uh, front, front and foremost of the website, if you will. And he, he did not want to do it. And we're going round and round. I said, what do you mean? He goes, because of the stereotypes, especially back when he, grew up and, you know, started his education um, in dentistry. Um, the stereotypes were that, you know, military dentists, like, oh, man, not, you know, he didn't want anybody to know. Got it. I, I said, look, you're going to put it on there. And he had a great picture of him as a 19-year-old from boot camp. I finally talked him into it, put a little snippet on the front of the site, and then it go to learn more about him. I said, no, you're going to track this stuff that I do. And if they come in and you find out on the form, they, they came in because of your website, and this is important for the listeners right now, that is not enough to know. Right. So when they're in your chair and you have complete control of them, you and hairstylists have the best gig. We all have to do what the hell you tell us to do. Right. Captive we, audience. That's right. And we don't want to break a tooth or something. You need to ask them, hey, I heard that you came in because of my website. What was it about my website made you want to come into my practice? Because nobody asks this, day. Right. You have the to. Ad, nobody have to does. I, I'll, I'll win the bet every time. The first, and I, I saved this email because it was such a nice email he wrote me. He basically said, I will never, ever, ever doubt you again. The first, I don't know how many people that came in from the new website, 100% had said because they saw that he served and there was some type of connection or whatever. Right. And this was something he didn't want to even put out there in front well, of Here's people. the thing that what you were saying is you don't have to appeal to everybody. That's the whole point is you don't have enough capacity in your business no. to prove everybody. You and go you on Shark Tank and they say, who's your audience? They say, well, everybody is eh, wrong. Nah, end. wrong. Because, you know, Mark Cuban's looking at him like doing the eye roll right now. Like, yeah, this is right. 
Right. And, and that's kind of what, you know, that's, I mean, if you, but, you, but part you of it is them. Kevin, you, you got to look at the competitive marketplace for those who are listening right now. The reason why this works and it doesn't work for everybody because not everybody should be authentically themselves. Cause some people are boring. Some people, you have to do a different approach, but here's the reality. Cause I do a lot of work with, it's one of the, this, I do a lot with hospitality and financial services and dentistry, which is crazy. You go to most dentist websites and what they're going to talk about, they're going to say experience matters. They're going to talk, say that we treat, we treat um, our patients like family. I, I see how some people treat and what families. insurance they take, right? What insurance, but, but they talk about um, experience and, and all that stuff's important as, as sort of a, a baseline of qualifications. But the reason why your dentist is going to stand out is because nobody else does. If you look at a flat tabletop and it's a, a flat sea of co competition, you take a little teeny piece of paper and you roll it up and you put it on that blank tabletop. Look how much that stands out. It doesn't have to be much different, but it has to be different. And if you're looking for consensus, if you're looking to not offend anybody, then what you are going to be is unremarkable. And unremarkable, it's not necessarily the kiss of death, but you'll never grow. You'll never be bigger. You'll never be what you can be unless you're willing to be a little bit bold. And that's what I, that's what I like about the work that you do. And I appreciate that. And, and in the world we live in now, especially with uh, the internet, it's, it's best suited for that. We were just looking at another platform today to use um, so we can even put out um, content and videos even quicker and the different, the different um, things that you can use to do that. And the great thing is it's, it's probably the coolest time to be a business owner because there's so many things at their disposal that if they don't want to hire someone like myself or have someone like you come in and consult, um, and that's fine. I just tell people, if you're not going to do that, then at least know what to do, how to do it, and most importantly, why to do it. And there's such a plethora of avenues and vehicles to use now. It's really... It's almost mind-numbing. for Yeah, it's almost too focus. much. And, and I'm in the business, and I get caught up in it. And, and, you know, I get caught up in all the new widgets and stuff, and I have to roll myself back because I am probably one of the worst of all this stuff we get, and then we don't use it. And you get, you know, the shiny new objects and on. It really gets back to basics of knowing who your audience is, um, what about you that will spark an interest in them, and then getting some type of call to action and tracking it however you decide right. best. Even, even in my last book, I, I put that, I, I listed all the kinds of things you can do. And of course, we're both of the same mind today. It's video, 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 video. Um, but I said, I don't even do all the things that I talk about because no. there, there isn't a capacity to do so. But talk to us a little bit for, for our listeners about about the rise of short form video. Because I actually looked at yours and you have this great little video that says, here's our philosophy on branding. In 10 seconds, yeah. In 10 seconds. And it was a little countdown to it. It was outrageous and funny. But you know what? It's, it's, it's forwardable, if that's a word. Yeah. It's something that people, um, and something that my daughter is so good at in the work that she does online and others with big companies. But it's that short form. It's the, it's the um, yeah. closed captioned. The, the, the snippets of what you do to give people a taste of that. How, is that, how has that grown and where do you see that being effective? Um, well, it's both good and bad. Um, the, the bad thing is that, and it's gotten even worse, and um, I, I use this analogy, but you know, a goldfish has a longer attention span than the average human being. A goldfish's attention span is eight seconds. This is, this is factual, by the way. Yeah. Um, we well, it used to be seven. I've heard it's about three seconds now, and, and, they like, and they have like a memory of like six seconds or something. Yeah, and the reality of it is this, um, and it, it's kind of messed up. But you know, we don't make the rules; we just have to kind of roll with them. If you go on social media, for instance, and they say if 
okay, let's say, okay, you saw that video that you liked. It's our marketing philosophy in 10 seconds. Right away, you just subconsciously, you might not realize, you're like, okay, uh, 10 seconds, what's that? I'll check it out. We'll do that up to about two minutes. And David, if you don't do this, I bet you'll start looking. Whenever you decide to watch a video or not on whatever platform you're seeing it on, we all look to see before we start how long the damn thing is. Yes, we do. We do. And, and then we all do. Yeah. And then the second is it part of that is, isn't that the version? Isn't that the version of when you go to the, we used to as kids go to the library or the bookstore, and if it looked really long, I don't even want to start it. Yeah, I wouldn't even start it because I mean, as ADHD as I am, probably that's just the same right. view sounded like. Um, but but I, but I understand it about good myself. observation. Yeah. Yeah. So with the consumer, the breaking point they say is when a video is two minutes or longer, the percentage of people that will even start to watch it decreases. But the irony is if you, on a business page on Facebook, for instance, and we do the majority of our stuff there because that's still where most of the, where fish, the people are. Yeah, yeah. And you can say whatever you want, but that's, that still should be the top of most people's lists, it, it, you know, depending on that's on our subject. But um, the interesting thing is that if it's two minutes or longer, they say the percentage of the people that will watch it goes down. But yet when you load up, because I just did the world premiere last night for Bob's video, when you load a video up to your business page on, on Facebook, for instance, when it, uh, you get ready to make it live or scheduled or set it as a premiere, there's a little checklist to the right. And, like, and, it, and it's good. It's a little like cheat sheet of make sure you've got tags and it'll be red or green if you've done it. But one of them is um, videos over three minutes typically get whatever. And I, the irony in it is here's Facebook saying your video should be probably longer than three minutes. Right, but they yet, can, they can put ad, they can it's, ads a fa- it's a fact that if it's, but then you get past that and you have to say, well, if the content, and this is really important for your listeners, I don't care how short or long it is, and I'd like to think we're really good at this, it's pacing. Yeah. Pacing is so important because uh, the same gentleman I spoke about, um, Bob Pizzini, we did, he's the CEO of iFly, and we did a piece for him. Um, the air on local television show uh, that I produce and host. And then we were going to give it to him for marketing. Well, I didn't tell him how long it was. And this thing ended up being a beast. He came in, watched it. He premiered it actually in my home on the big screen. I said, well, Bob, what'd you think? He goes, oh, it was incredible. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on, 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 which was flattering. And I go, well, how long was it? He goes, oh, I don't know. It's five or six minutes. I don't even know how the hell you got all that information in there. And I stopped and said, Bob, that video is 12, almost 13 minutes long. And he gets an argument with me. It's so funny. He goes, no, it couldn't be. It couldn't be. And he's a real high energy right. guy. Um, and I said, Because he was engaged. I'll, I'll, that's right. And I rewound it, started over, and I showed him the timer on it, and he was in disbelief. And so you have to think of two things. Um, length, who your target audience is, but also the pacing or the content of it. Now, and uh, I'll share you a little insider thing for me that most people don't know. Um, I think the most important thing is typically the soundtrack. Um, I'm known, I, I like rock and roll or edgy stuff, um, but almost all the pieces uh, that we produce, I usually pick the music before we edit anything. And I usually edit the visuals, believe it or not, to the soundtrack I picked. Yeah. And a, per- a perfect example is the one we just produced for him. The front end is very traditional kind of like ex-military, you know, that real patriotic marching sound, which I, I did for about 30 seconds and that was intentional. And then it goes off the rails. I'll have to send you a link to it. 
And the reason for that is that we wanted to set the tone of credibility, but then we want to show really who Bob is in real life. And by that, that fast paced music, uh, the scene changes that keeps people involved. So the biggest mistake I see in today's world, when you talk about like video online, Dave is a lot of people go through the motions and they mistake activity for progress. You know, you come around and shuffle papers on around in your desk and do this and sharpen a couple pencils and, oh, hey, it's 1030. It's time for a coffee break and a smoke break, whatever. You know, they feel they haven't done anything. Right. So my thing is, if they're going to if, if your listeners are going to make the effort, which is fine, you know, make it count. Don't just throw some crap up and whatever. No, I didn't get any views. Everything that I do personally, and this will sound bad to your viewers, but it's not your listeners. Um, everything, every, every, everything I do is calculated from the timing of it to the music of it to, to the, the post I write and this is both my business and my personal stuff I am as you know from before we got on air today I am a control freak I am total control of my brand and I believe people should understand they should be that way about their stuff as well and everything you put out is an extension of your brand right. so if you're putting out half-assed stuff or you've got a third party a young millennial, let's say, doing your stuff on Instagram. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to make sure that it counts. Like if I see a post on something, like I might even ask you, even though I know your purpose of doing stuff, you're one of the best. Um, there has to be a reason. So when I say, hey, Dave, why did you post this? Well, because I was wanting them to blank. Right. We've talked about that strategy. Yes, yes. Here's what's interesting is I, don't, I have no problem with outsourcing certain aspects of it, but, but I, I too need the control only in that if anything goes out in my name, I have to approve it. Um, I've had enough people you should. Who, who, who contact me saying, we'll go through your book, we'll excerpt things, we'll throw out tweets every day, whatever. I don't want anything going out. If it's supposedly from me, it's got to be approved by me and there has to be a plan. But there's also, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, there's also something to be said for a consistent stream. Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V does a very good job of this, that literally he's got short videos going out every day. But it's somebody, I think he has a video crew literally following him around everywhere. And they record every conversation that he has haphazard on stage at a coffee shop where he's giving advice to somebody but I would assume he's also approving all of those as well. But it's getting that daily dose of Gary V that is uh, that really helps to boost his his presence and his message. And he's very consistent and he's pretty ballsy as well. But there's something to be said, and none of none of them are incredibly well produced. But there's a consistent look, of course, to everything, and there is you know the same music and the same branding and everything. Yeah, else. and you you hit on something right then, and probably didn't realize that you said you know they're consistent. Um, and they're expected because of his followers, you know, that is like right. their daily dose of Gary Vee or David Avron, whomever it might be. And, but you also said, but they're not like, they're not going to be winning Emmys or things like that. No. Well, that's but not a not bad thing. To. Right. They're not that's intended. Right. That's right. That's right. They're not intended to. And that's another thing people need to consider. Um, you know, some people kind of half-ass stuff or go out there and it's kind of rough looking. Well, if that's your, if that's kind of your brand or your image and stuff, you know, kind of raw, uncut, uh, maybe not professionally edited, that's fine. And with Gary, that's kind of what you expect because then it makes you feel what? Oh, this is real. This right. is real world. This is sincere. This isn't like fluff. There are other people, however, that really should come off more polished and professional depending on who they are, what they do, and, and like we said earlier, who they want to do that for or with. And once again, you have to put thought into it. 
Um, I will say this, that for someone like Gary Vee, obviously he is putting out the content nonstop and he also has a team to do that. Right. The average business owner, and I'm not going to name drop here, but there are some people that post so much that I wonder at times how in the heck do they ever have time to actually run and or do business? Right. They get so caught up and intoxicated with putting stuff out. And um, I am of the opposite belief. I go times, there's been times I think I hadn't even posted in almost 10 days. I, I don't post to post. Right. I post because, and, and you're good at this too. I, we both, I'll say, I'll speak for both of us. We post because we have something to say. Right. Or something to share. It's not like, oh, I didn't get my 12 noon post for the people that are getting up on the West Coast or three hours behind. Because I used to go that old school kind of out of the book way that some people still believe in. And I threw that book out years ago. I didn't get anything from it. Now I'm results driven. So I kind of I kind of listen and, and, and watch my audience. Um, what are they doing? Did this interest them? Did it not? Did I get more people actually making comments? And that's what drives my content and right. I think, well, what I see a lot is is people they, they think oh I have to post something today and then you realize they have nothing to say no you don't post, have to post do anything. when you have something to say yes and you always use and I and I like I actually like bantering with you I get disappointed if I throw a zinger I'm like I hope I didn't offend him it's oh, no, no David's just good. on you, 10 you know flights behind the scenes you know <laughs> some of my my strategy of why I posted oh, I know you, you well that you well, let's bring up that I know what your strategy is. It's to get the hairs on the back of some people's necks up and get them to start conversing or in many cases with you debating you. I know because I sit back and I love it. I just, I sit back and chuckle. It's like, man, he just. Like, right. But I, but I also, I, I believe that people do business with people they like and they know. So I'm, I'm probably more revealing than most. A lot of, you know, personal stuff and home things as well to keep a, a, a reasonable conversation going. Hey, listen, we are running short on time, but I, I want to make sure that, um, that we have a chance for people who want to who want to connect with you, want to learn more about what you do. Um, how do they get in touch with with Kevin now? Um, the best way really is our website, Kevin Makes Sense. So there's two s's there. dot com, and um, I actually have somebody just put up, and I'll you'll be the first I share it with. And we just redid the site and going back kind of our old ways. And um, we believe that your brand should punch people in the face. Your brand should be able to speak for you when you're not in the room. And if it can't, well, then you don't have a brand. So what I've done is there's a tab, actually a button on the about page now. And I'll tell any of your listeners if they would like a complimentary consultation. And no, we don't sell you anything on it. They can just sign up and um, they will actually get me personally. I'll be the one that does it for them. And um, uh, if nothing else, the only promise I ever make anyone, David, is that I'll leave them better off than they were before we spoke. And uh, so the website's always the best way, and that's a good way to keep track of what's going on with us, the television shows, and then the opportunities for people, as you know, that want to work with us or maybe be a guest on one of our shows or one of our upcoming cool. events and things. Cool. Yeah. Hey, listen, I always enjoy our conversations and looking forward to the next one. Um, I want to be sensitive to time as well. I want to remind everybody that the Very Visible Business Podcast is sponsored by the Customer Experience Advantage Morning Huddle. Your next million dollar idea will likely come from your own team, but only if you create the space for challenging, powerful internal conversations. You can learn more about how membership in the Customer Experience Advantage can give you the content and the questions and the tools to facilitate your weekly morning huddle with your team. Learn more and you watch samples, videos, uh, the video lessons by visiting the cxadvantage.com.
Be sure to like this podcast, hit the subscribe button, and to see the video version of, of other podcasts, some of them I do in audio, some of them I do video, you can just go to my website. Also learn about my speaking and my consulting. Visit me online at visibilityinternational.com. You can also pick up a copy of my new book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back. It's on hardback and Kindle and audible.com and everything else as well. Tune in. Lots of great people to interview in the weeks and months to come. Thanks for joining us. For past and future episodes, be sure to subscribe at theverryvisiblebusiness.com. You can also learn more about David Averin's keynote speaking and consulting at visibilityinternational.com. Connect with us on social media and check out David Averin's latest book, Visibility Marketing at amazon.com. This has been the Very Visible Business Podcast with David Averin. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.